Hi, welcome to the Plus Up podcast brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Susan George, and I'm here with my partners, Carly Feinstein and Perry Ann Grignon. Hi, ladies. Hi, Susan. You know, we've been really busy and we're back after a brief hiatus and we're super excited to kick off some more great conversations, including our guest today. So Carly, do you want to introduce our guest? I would love to. Please allow me to introduce everybody to Joe Kinsella, president at TV Squared, which is a platform that measures TV how we watch it. And I'm going to ask Joe to introduce herself, give her background, her current role, and tell us more about TV Squared. Hi, everybody. Susan, Carly, Perry-Ann, thank you so much for having me. Lovely to be here. Um, and for those of you that don't know me, I'm Joe Kinsella. I'm the president at TV Squared. As uh, Carly said, we are a global platform that measures TV and um, measures outcomes and attribution and also allows people to buy against particular audiences. So uh, there is, this is very timely uh, because as you guys at Media Plus Advisors well know, we are uh, in a TV revolution right now um, and there's never been a better time to be doing what both of our companies are doing. So lovely to be joining you today for a chat. Thank you so much. And I'm going to get started. I'm lucky enough I get to ask the first question. Okay. Ecosystem, performance, transparency, actionable, and accountability. These are words I've heard or read you saying during interviews, panels, and also on our one-to-one -one chat. And it was for this reason, and of course, your unfiltered, fearless, and sparkling personality that drew me to you. And as I said when I spoke, you're totally a future BFF of mine. And we have so much in common personally, but it's these shared business ideologies that connect us and why we're here today chatting on this podcast. I will get to a question, but one last gushing remark. It's music to our ears to see that other areas of the ecosystem are driving change. Here's the question finally. As media nerds, having played roles in all parts of the ecosystem, my partners and I have struggled to connect the dots to verify, audit, measure, whatever you want to call it, TV KPIs across linear and digital platforms. So we need to know, how did TV Squared crack this code? Great question. Uh, we are not media nerds. <laughs> That's how we cracked it. Um, and you know what? It's so interesting, Carly, that you say that. And thank you for the lovely introduction. I, I truly appreciate it and truly appreciate you guys. Um, we came from actually uh, fintech. So we were involved in um, optimizing trading platforms for Wall Street firms to be able to trade faster uh, a decade ago. And as part of that, we learned that, you know, data and science uh, can really drive insights and outcomes, uh, regardless of industry, honestly. Um, but, but after, you know, the struggles that we saw in Wall Street back in the day, we said, you know what, why don't we take some of our learnings and our software into um, industries that are perhaps further behind? So we decided to take a look at TV and actually one of our board members said, um, you know, the, the old adage, which is 
I know 50% of my marketing works. I just don't know which 50%. So, uh, and he, he had worked with giant agencies, tiny agencies and, and everything in between. And no one could measure television. And everybody said, you know what? It's my gut. It's I've been doing this for 50 years, 30 years, 20 years. It's all about the art. And we said, yeah, you know what? That doesn't sound right. So we said, um, we want to be able to give marketers insights um, to show them in a platform that is always on, that it is as is as close to real time as possible, that their TV ads are performing and that they're driving people to either back in the day, pick up the phone. In fact, some of them still pick up the phone um, or go to a website is where we started. We've subsequently expanded that to include location data and other sales data and conversion data. Um, but we came to this with no preconceived idea about a seven minute look back window or any of those other random things that we heard when we first came to this market. It was more about let's look at the data and let's baseline every minute of every day. There should be no such thing as a typical Wednesday. And um, let's make sure that this is accessible and it is more like digital than it is like TV. So what we've done over the last nine years is we've built out a platform that um, elastically scales depending on demand. We have thousands of advertisers. We're in 75 countries. We work with all the MVPDs, all the publishers and the DSPs, but we still have, right from when we started the business, a ton of brand direct um, relationships. And they keep us honest, right? They tell us this is what we need to be able to see. And this is how quickly we need to be able to respond. So we are uniquely positioned at the center of the TV ecosystem to work with everyone. And we've designed a platform that basically connects it all. And with the explosion of, um, you know, converged TV or connected TV, if you want to call it that, this is now about measuring TV and measuring content and ads no matter where they air. Um, and, you know, we're really proud of what we've built and we've gone from six people to 130. Uh, and here we are today. Uh, and a lot of people are, are saying that we're the gold standard for measurement and attribution in this industry. So it's super exciting to be here now. Wow, that's great. Um, you know, we know that you work with a ton of platforms, publishers and marketers. And we noticed from a lot of your case studies that it's really a lot of uh, direct to consumer marketers. And that makes a lot of sense. They really have a good handle on what's working um, and a lot more insight into how quickly things are working. But as far as more traditional advertisers, um, are you seeing uh, any barriers to adoption from those guys as opposed to the direct to consumer advertisers? So, <clears throat> Susan, that's a great point. And actually, I would have said to you two or three years ago that, that, that they weren't leaning into this. Um, they were all about brand lift and awareness. Mm -hmm. But actually, what we've seen is we've we've had a major influx of what we would call, you know, like the big corporate advertisers, the CPGs, the QSRs coming to us and saying, you know what, we've traditionally used TV for reach and awareness. But with the impact of COVID um, 
And the fact that everybody's been sheltering place at home and the entire customer journey is now different for so many of those companies, even those more traditional brands are adopting D2C-like business models. So they're baking in calls to action. They're looking for more flexibility. They're looking to be able to optimize. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked to a giant uh, soda brand who before was like, you know what, we run a media mix model once a year and we divvy up billions of dollars in cash and we say, okay, this is how we're going to reach our audiences. And we kind of set and forget. Um, now what they're saying is we can't do that anymore. We need to be looking at this data, getting the results, optimizing on a more frequent cadence, looking at what type of impact creatives have. So we're even seeing some of those giant advertisers come to us and say, we need to use TV for outcomes now more than ever before, because the customer journey is different and the consumption of content is um, much different than it was, you know, 12, 18 months ago. We've also now seen um, some of the more mature D2Cs also use TV for more awareness and branding and loyalty, not just performance. So, you know, I think it's about being able to answer multiple questions depending on the advertiser that you're serving. We love talking about predictions, right? And it was interesting that you said that, well, you know, how much things have changed in the past 18 months. So if you thought about uh, the predictions that you made, you know, way, way, way back in 2019, and you found that crystal ball, like, you know, gathering dust on your shelf, um, what do you think 2020 really did? Did, did some of those predictions, um, you know, get bigger or go away or... Uh, you know, really, what was the impact? Interestingly, we've had many clients ask us about 2020. And should we just like throw that away and forget it, you know, or do we really think about it in a certain way? So I'm kind of asking you, you know, think about the predictions that you made for 2020 and, you know, throw it away, learn from it, you know, go forward. You know, where do, where do you think that that netted out? Um, I think we made 10 years of progress in 12 months. So I think that for all of the challenges and the pain and the hardships that COVID brought to the world, what it did to the TV industry is it proved that TV can be measured that a GRP is no longer a currency that serves this industry and meets people where they are. Um, ratings is not going to be how TV is bought and sold anymore. Um, impressions are everywhere. <laughs> um, COVID really helped to expedite the industry. And, you know, for the longest time, I felt like I was, I felt like TV squared was almost too early, right? I felt like um, this industry is just not ready for this. People are still using old language. People are still protecting their jobs. People don't want software. They want to do it the way they've always done it. And actually COVID helped steamroller some of that. And TV is now cross-platform. I would say 
impressions are the currency that tie it all together. Um, and everyone is leaning into audience-based buying. It's top priority for advertisers trying to reach diverse and dispersed viewers across platforms and devices. Um, and performance, what we do on the attribution side, yeah, it's a little trickier, but you know what? Attribution outcomes audiences shouldn't just be for the giant advertisers. It should be for the masses, right? Digital has been taking TV's dollars for the longest time. This is our opportunity to make the biggest comeback we've ever seen. More platforms, more content than ever before. Um, our buy side clients all measure TV based on how it impacts KPIs. And the sell side has now woken up to this and they're making strides as well. All of the DSPs are doing it. If you think about the trade desk, Magnite, Google, you know, they're all doing the same thing. So I truly believe don't throw 2020 out for so many reasons. We've not only proved that we can have diverse workforces in any country, anywhere in the world, because we can all work remotely. But we have seen unprecedented progress in the TV industry. And that's something that we need to build upon. This year needs to be about impact and action. Don't hold back. Those that are brave are the ones that will win. Wow, that's great. Um, you know, you talk about how TV Squared, you know, it works with a unified platform for measurement and is really looking um, to measure TV across all different platforms. So we've heard there's dozens of initiatives going on in the industry trying to really get it cross-platform measurement. And you've already said that you're really becoming the gold standard. So how do you think TV Squared fits in with all of these different initiatives? And um, what is it that um, you know is really the gold standard of cross-platform measurement that you know everyone else can learn from. Yeah, I mean we're involved in some of the initiatives. Um, you know we work on uh, Project Or for the addressable stuff. We're involved in the TV Data Initiative. Um, you know we work with Sim. Uh, there's there's a bunch that that we are close to. I think many of them are a lot of talk and many of them make it feel hard for people to understand what's available and what is working out there today. So the way we look at it is we say, you know what, let the people that use our platform speak, let that be, be our mouthpiece to the industry. We're doing this today. We've got more than 5,000 advertisers on the platform. Um, my, uh, my mantra is collaborate, not compete. I feel like if we truly want the walls to come down, um, we need to collaborate. And what we've seen across, you know, we're members of the IAB, we're very close partners with the VAB. When we collaborate, so much more progress is made. So let's collaborate with the industry for the greater good. And you've got to be ready to roll up your sleeves and take action. Um, you know, there's no point in sitting there saying, oh, it's too hard. And, you know, there's all these barriers. You've just got to try it because actually, you know, even we've figured out the security stuff. We've figured out the identity piece. You know, there is there's so much there's so much opportunity right now um, that I think, you know, now's the time to really get involved in terms of 
you know, what we want these initiatives to do, their job is to drive the industry forward. Um, what we've figured out is that we have so much scale um, across the world and we're able to ingest data of any kind. We can generate insights in as close to real time as possible. We can leverage household data. We can look at particular audience segments. So we're not really bound by walled gardens or anything like that. We're an agnostic third party. And I encourage anybody, if you're sitting there kind of scratching your head saying, you know what, this is really hard and I just don't know where to start. Um, you can work with companies like TV Squared, companies like yours, um, to really get clear on how easy this is, um, because that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to build workflow automation into the platform and make it super simple to get started. We love hearing you talk about collaboration. Um, I'm going to throw one at you that is something that like we get asked a lot is that you know pretend you know you're the you're the head of media, you're the media lead at you know a fair sized you know advertiser in North America. And you want to get involved. You want to collaborate. What initiative do you think that that person can should pick to try to tackle, say, over the next 24 months? You know, we all know these folks. Some of us have been in those chairs. And, you know, they can really take on, um, you know, somewhere probably around, you know, 20 initiatives a year, right? They can't do 100. They just, you know, they won't have the bandwidth to do it, nor the team. So if they want to get involved, you know, what is it that you would say on a real tactical basis? Who should they collaborate with and on what? What would make the most impact for a media leader? Um, so I think uh, a good place to start, which could drive a significant amount of additional change in this industry is the leaders of the holding companies okay so you will often uh if you've listened to my stuff hear me talking about creating a marketplace where all sides of the trade win so um christian jewel said you know uh we need to become software companies and this reminds me and you know again perry ann i bring it back to kind of the wall street days when we saw you know, the fall of Lehman and Bear struggle and 10,000 people laid off at UBS, right? I'm not suggesting that we need to go through that level of, of impact, but what I'm saying is um, you need to leverage software at scale to be able to automate so much of what you do. And by that order, you are going to better be able to service your clients, okay? And I don't mean, oh, let me do let me do a study for you on a campaign performance that I'll give you three months after the campaign ran, right? I mean, let me have a software platform at my fingertips that when a spot runs in the middle of The Bachelor, I can tell you the next day how it did. And I truly believe that while the holding companies still have so much power over the media dollar, they need to fundamentally change their approach to this business if we're all going to win. So I get the holding company's role and 
the importance of them, um, I don't know what the word would be, adopting or be an advocate for it. But what if you're a client? What if you're the client of that holding company? What role would you play? Are you um, a cheerleader on the side saying, yeah, go, go? Or are you putting dollars on the table to help them do that? Um, you know, what would be the role of the clients, you know, the I'm advertiser themselves? No, I'm taking my dollars away because they can't show me what the hell's going on. So why am I going to keep giving them more? You know, it's the whole concept of the upfront. I know I'm going to buy a Ferrari, but then I'm going to I'm going to get it home and realize that there's no engine in it. It's completely ridiculous. Why would you invest all that money and not know how it's going to perform for you? Is it efficient? And and again, I get asked now to be on the court, be on calls with CFOs, not just CMOs, because the CFO is going, they're asking me if they can get another 20 million to spend on TV. And I'm like, well, why don't we see if the 40 million that you're already spending is working as hard as it could possibly work to drive the KPIs that you want before you load up on another 20 million? So if I'm the client. I'm going to say to you, if I don't get optimization, flexibility and transparency, I'm going to take my dollars and spend them somewhere else. And that has to be the thing that drives the, the behavior that gets us all to collaborate so that the marketer wins. The marketer wins, we all win because the marketer spends more. Am I asking for a Nirvana, ladies? I don't think I am. <laughs> No, I, I love, listen, you have to, we need this disruption to make progress. And I yeah. could listen to you all day talking about the industry, especially loving that you're new to the industry. Well, 10 years new, but still applying things from other, other industries, taking that view and saying, okay, this, there's, there's stuff that's broken. Let's, let's fix it. And it's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to take time, but Right. Baby steps. Uh, as long as it's moving forward, it's progress. Yeah. So I want to switch gears for a second and ask you a fun question because I know you're going to play along. <laughs> and I just love listening to you talk. I love that you're a straight shooter. You make it easy to understand. You're not just talking lingo. So I, that's why I know you're going to play along. Okay. I'm going to ask you to name the person, dead or alive with whom you would like a one-on-one -on -one de debate on an issue, and what would that issue be? And it does not have to be media industry related. Um, uh, okay, that's the kind of question I would ask, Holly. <laughs> um, okay, so I would like, um, and this is less of a one-on-one -on -one debate and issue, and what the issue would be, but I would love to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting um, with Margaret Thatcher, the first and only British female prime minister, because I feel like at the time that she was in power, so much was against her because she was a woman, and I feel like she was one of the trailblazers, right? So for those listening, you know, we're on a podcast recording where I can see everybody's faces and there's four women on this call. And I believe that Margaret Thatcher was way ahead of her time. So forget politics for a second. 
Um, she has a quote which I absolutely love, and it is, being powerful is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. I love uh, that. <laughs> I think there is so much that uh, has happened since Margaret Thatcher was prime minister. If you think about, um, you know, she had a very cr close relationship with the queen. Um, there's been a lot of television this weekend because of Prince Philip's funeral, et cetera. Um, so there's been an awful lot there that I just look back and I think, wow, there was so much that went against her. And actually, if you put her in power now, um, what a trailblazer that woman was and how much she could teach uh, the world about um, power uh, and truly what that means and being graceful and being selfless and being able to teach the next generation of powerful women um, what it means to make a difference um, and do it with such poise. Uh, I think there's so much we can learn from that. So I would love to sit down with a cup of tea and a scone and say, Marg, how do you think we've done? Uh, and get her perspective. Love it. Well, I think I think she'd be really impressed with, um, you know, the collaboration that you're trying to drive at um, at your firm. And I know that, you know, before we wrap up, you know, you guys have a big event coming up, right? We and do. I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, also, um, I, I thought the last question was really fun, but, you know, we're all, you know, you know, kind of connected, you know, in a huge way now to social media, you know, are there, is there a person or a, or a company that you follow that you would recommend, um, you know, to us and to our listeners, you know, especially about, um, you know, the changes that are happening in TV, but first let's hear about your, um, you know, the TV squared event that is coming up. Thank you so much. Yes, I would love to mention it. Um, our event is called TV Transformed. Um, it's going to be the 11th and 12th of May. It's 90 minutes each day of the best content. Um, you can check it out on our website, which is tvsquared.com, and it's TV hyphen transformed. Um, we've got a brilliant lineup of speakers very timely topics, digestible format. You can come and go, you know, it's, it's going to be, as you can imagine, <laughs> I'm emceeing it. So it's going to be high energy and we're trying to keep it to like 15, 20 minute blocks. Um, so it's must see it's our inaugural event. Um, and we've got so many registrations. So if you haven't seen it yet, please take a minute, go register. It's going to be awesome. Um, on the startup side, um, there's two things. First of all, I think uh, one of the things that we haven't gone into much detail about today, but certainly is front and center for both of our companies, is um, the way we think about personal identifiable information, the way we think about CCPA, GDPR globally, identity, compliance, and all of those things. And I think, you know, again, we're in a brave new world. 
Um, close friends and family of ours is a company called Blockgraph. Uh, if you haven't heard of Blockgraph, please go and check them out. Um, they are actually owned by Comcast, Viacom, CBS, and Charter, but they are paving the way um, for the way that we're going to work with and treat identity as we're tying back to households and audiences um, as we build out full cross-platform capabilities for TV. Um, so that's one I encourage listeners to go and check out. What they're doing for the, for identity is truly game-changing. And, um, and then somebody that I follow uh, that is inspiring is actually um, somebody that I had come and speak. She was um, somebody that really kicked off our diversity and inclusion program at TV Squared. Um, she's called Manal Rostam, um, and you can get her on Instagram and you can get her on LinkedIn. And she is, um, she's just an amazing human, truly inspirational, has run many of the world's greatest marathons, is trying to climb every one of the seven major mountains and, um, wears the hijab, um, and is all about how you can um, break down the barriers uh, that are put up in your face in diversity. And when she came to speak to our company, she moved every single one of us. So um, I encourage you from a personality standpoint, check out Manal. Um, she's absolutely amazing. She's a force to be reckoned with. And she worked very closely with Nike um, to work on a hijab that can be worn uh, during sports uh, games um, so that now uh, we can have women who wear the hijab play soccer and basketball and other sports where they can actually compete um, on a global level. And um, she has such a great story to tell. I encourage anybody uh, to listen to it. And certainly it was something that I shared with my own 11 year old daughter. And, um, I think it just sets a precedent for the way that we want to raise, uh, the, the way, the, the way that we want to raise girls and boys, uh, in this world and just give everybody a fair chance, um, to be successful and change the world. And that's what she's doing. So, um, go check her out. She's awesome. Thank you so much for just, this has been great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Ladies, it, it was wonderful to see your faces. And I hope that one day very soon we can hang out in person. And, and That would be fun. That would be <laughs> yeah. fun. I think we're all like, you know, looking forward to that. But uh, we would love to have you back too. And, um, you know, we'll definitely, um, you know, on LinkedIn and, you know, here in the podcast, uh, you know, promote your upcoming event, you know, not two 90 minute days, man, that sounds great. Instead of, oh, we're going to do two like 10 hour days. Oh, no. Yeah, no, 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 that, that, like, you know, wears everybody out. So we really look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us on the Plus Up podcast. And um, you can find Media Plus Advisors at mediaplusadvisors.com and also on LinkedIn. And um, we will see you next time.